missed his chances. Oh, brilliant goal! A brilliant goal! Remember the name, Wayne Rooney. Pirlo, 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 ancora, Pirlo, Di Tecco, tiro, goal! Seconds from Milan. I would you believe it? Paolo Maldini, the skipper, has scored it. Aguero. I swear you'll never see anything like this ever again. What's going on, Footy fans? We are back. Andrew Santo and Joe coming at you for our fourth episode, third episode, third episode of third episode. this third season, episode. of season two. Uh, we'll be fourth episode. Yeah, we missed a week last week, unfortunately. Um, I had surgery. Yeah, <laughs> you uh, you got hurt. You took a free kick and then tore your ACL. Tore my Achilles. Yes. Um, I said ACL earlier when I was talking to you. <laughs> That's why. I got my, I got my own surgery. Uh, I got my own injury wrong. Yes, I had Achilles uh, surgery. Tore it uh, from top to bottom. Not very good. In a lot of pain, but uh, that surgery took place last Sunday, so clearly we couldn't record. And um, been a little under the weather since then, too, with pain and painkillers, but it's been mm-hmm. good. Uh, I've been feeling all right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the doctor hooked me up a little bit, but we are back now for week four, match day four in the English Premier League. We'll talk a little bit about what happened last weekend. I mean, some big storylines, obviously, still with. Man U getting the first win of the season against Liverpool, mm-hmm. nonetheless. Huge. And with Man City going back-to-back with some squeaky bum games. Mm-hmm. Last week against Newcastle. This week, um, who they play this week? Uh, Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace this week, yeah. So, I mean, those were kind of the two storylines. Chelsea obviously getting blown out last week, too, by Leeds. We won't touch on that too much. <laughs> but um, it's a new week, and uh, got the boys here again. So, boys, how are you doing this week? Uh, good, man. It's been... Uh, Exciting week, a lot going on. Um, watched a lot of footy, and I'm almost on the all or nothing Arsenal. Which, uh, for anyone who hasn't watched it yet, we've put in a little plug here for Prime Video and Arsenal, but definitely watch it. Get an inside scoop on Arteta. Um, and I like Arsenal, uh, they're always kind of like a you know, one of those teams that uh, you always made fun of. Uh, we can attest to that from, yeah. Uh, the pod last year, but uh, I really like Arteta. Um, I always liked him, um, and with the with the run they're having this season, it's going to be a good dynamic between him and Pep. I mean, I got them banked for top four. You know, especially I know it's still early, four games in, but just obviously the way they're playing, I think Tottenham's Tottenham's doing pretty well too. My odd man out for top four would be Chelsea. Um, Ouch! Just because mm. they need a number nine. To be I honest. know. So, yeah, I like Arsenal for top four this year. We're recording this on August 29th, so there still is two days left of transfer talks. Yep. Uh, deadline be. be the 31st, correct? Yeah, yeah. I think it's like midnight the 31st. Yep. Um, midnight UK time. Yeah. Or 11 o'clock UK time, something like that. So there still is some time. There's a lot of transfers that have been, you know. Transfer rumors and news being passed around. Aubameyang's name keeps getting leaked out. Uh, possibly mm-hmm. to Chelsea. There's players from Chelsea that might be leaving to go play in Italy, it sounds like, too. Um, and then this... Uh, who just got signed? Um, 
uh, Manu, who did they Anthony? just sign there? Anthony yeah, just signed from Ajax. How, yeah, it's a hundred million. Again, like <laughs> I don't want to be ignorant, but like I, I'm not in touch with the games I used to be. I know we have a soccer podcast, but I focus mostly on EPL. What happens in the EPL? I don't know who Anthony is. Mm-hmm. Is he a hundred million dollar player? I don't know, man. We'll have to see when he comes. <laughs> like in. holy I shit! Mean, yeah. Maybe on holy that's shit. Maybe what Ajax want, but. <laughs> I mean, Holland was 60. That, so, yeah. It is what it is. Yeah, and that's kind of the the standard for me where you have um, teams that are able to get reasonably priced players or or get players at a reasonable price, price that are really, really good. Um, like this guy, no disrespect to him, I doubt he's going to have the same resume and potential Holland has at City. So... Trying to justify this $100 million price tag. Um, but, but looking at it... Yeah, go ahead. So is this, is this Ronaldo's... Is this Ronaldo's replacement? At United. I mean, <laughs> you have Marci- or you have um, Rashford, you have Sancho still. Uh, Bruno Fernandes kind of plays the wing-ish sometimes. Yeah. Now, is Anthony going to slide in there instead of Ronaldo? Because Ronaldo hasn't started this season yet. I know... First game of the season, it was like really touch and go with what, what, what was going to happen with him transfer-wise. He did come on as a substitute, but since then, he's been coming on as a sub yep. each game. Uh, hasn't really made any sort of impact. And, I mean, we'll go into the game right now, I guess. Um, in the match uh, against Southampton, United came away 1-0 victors. Sorry, not against Southampton, against Southampton. It is Southampton. Yeah. <laughs> Man, my outline is sketchy right now. I put Born. Oh my God! Game against <laughs> Southampton. I put Bournemouth against United. <laughs> Again, I don't know what's going to fuck. I don't know what's going on. We gotta cut but, that out. <laughs> <laughs> now we're keeping this in. God damn it! One nil win against Southampton. Uh, Ronaldo came on as a substitute that game as well. But um, back-to-back games where Maguire hasn't made a start for, for United. Yeah. Um, Ten Hag is finally like showing up and saying this is like my team this is probably the best way he can do it because I feel like with Ragnick and and even like Solskjaer in the past they they still had to like appease the bosses right or appease the masses if that makes Mm -hmm. sense they had to start Maguire they had to start Ronaldo they had to you know play favorites and like do what everyone wants them to do Tenek's coming in there and saying this is my team and yeah. this is how I'm going to run it and this is exactly what they've been needing for a long long time kind of like what Mourinho would have done yeah, yeah, I think if, if Reno would have stuck around, he's not afraid to make changes if he has to. Um, we've seen that in the past with Chelsea, that when he butts heads with superstars, superstars, superstars leave the team. Yeah. So he usually gets what he wants until he gets sacked. But in Ten Hag's case, he doesn't start McGuire, who's their captain, who is England's number one center back, basically. He doesn't start Ronaldo, who's the golden boy at Man U. Yeah. And both matches that takes place, they become away with victors. Well, as the victors. Yeah. So, I mean... He's putting his foot down, and clearly what he's been doing has been working. It changes the dynamic of the team. It changes the leadership roles on the team. Bruno Fernandes is now taking the captaincy band away from Maguire, and they just seem like a more well-connected, well-poised team. Yeah, and obviously shows those results. Um, you know, obviously that start is the last thing Manu would have wanted uh, with two, two losses. Um, but then again, I mean, compared to Arsenal last year, they were kind of in a similar situation, but you need a coach that's going to come and shake things up and things might not always start uh, as you want them to, but um, 
we talked on it last week where, you know, we were joking around saying our predictions for Man U Liverpool. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> and uh, this is kind of the game where they, again, they showed up to play and they got the result. And it's definitely good signs from their perspective. Now, whether they continue this run, because it's it's been a thing in recent years with Man U where it's always been a topsy-turvy mm-hmm. uh, run with them. You know, beat Liverpool, lose to the 17th place team win another massive game and, and so on. So consistently obviously is what you're going to need if you want to make top four. Now, whether that happens this year, it's going to be tough to say uh, at this stage, but so far uh, it's looking up and down for them. I mean, with uh, like, I was surprised with the Liverpool game, to be honest. Tell, and, tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> For anyone that didn't watch it last, last week, plug into when we did our predictions. Well, they, like Andrew said, they completely changed their lineup. And that yeah. totally shifted. And this was always confusing me. Like, you have a guy, Veron. I don't know if he, I think he was injured for a little bit. But I don't know what the reasoning was to keeping McGuire in the starting lineup as opposed to this guy that's won Champions League and two World Cups. Thank you. So, <laughs> so a little it's bit strange. And I don't know what was the deal with making McGuire captain. I don't think what it was his second year at Man U yeah. this year and it's like oh you're the captain it's like like that was that's what Virgil van Dyke and Ruben Diaz did at Liverpool like they were captains for a few games um I think that's the level you have to be at to really lead a side like that um but yeah I mean I think things are looking up for them especially with the Casemiro signing I think I texted Andrew I was yeah. like this is actually happening it's a, <laughs> it's a good signing I know he's old well he's older um obviously 31 but that's the kind of guy I was talking to you about, um, I think, last year, where it's like, I think, man, you need someone like a James Milner or someone super experienced to come in and lead all these young guys. And then <laughs> I was not expecting Casemiro to be that guy, but they got him. And, you know, I honestly think it's a really good signing. So, mm-hmm. you know, they'll have Casemiro, Erickson, and Bruno Fernandez as your middle three. There's really no excuse for you not to get results anymore. Yeah, it's a pretty so, sweet lineup. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's a like, legit feeling of a void in your team. That's not just appeasing... Mm-hmm. people who want you to sign whoever like the top name player here and there that's like finding a hole in your side plugging in a guy that's going to make a difference like immediately yeah. impactful so i mean that's a great sign like i said too like joseph kind of surprised that actually came through because we see so many rumors around yeah. this time of year and you know there was talks of them trying to get rabio from juve i'm like yeah, Rabio or like, Natovich. I'm like, yeah, oh, they're just tossing yeah. Rabin, I'm like, they're not gonna do very well. Like, they're not that good. Like, they're not gonna make a big change there. And then, boom, Casemiro. Yeah, it's like, oh, they want to send Casemiro. I'm like, oh, here we go. Like another thing. Like, <laughs> here we go again. And then it's like the next day, it's like, oh, like Real Madrid said, like, oh, Casemiro, if you want to leave, you, you can leave. And then Casemiro's like, oh, I want a new challenge. <laughs> like Casemiro's going to menu. I'm like, what? Yeah, it all kind of just like fell into place for them. And it's like, okay, well, we'll take them. I mean, they paid a hefty price tag for him too, but you know, we'll take them, right? Um. Yeah. So yeah, well, see, he's only had one match there. I mean, he's—I think he came on as a substitute, I believe, yeah. this game against Southampton. Yeah. Um, so we didn't really get to see how much impact he's going to have, but going forward, I'm sure he's going to start maybe the next match. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of midweek games coming up actually. Um, starting on Tuesday, I believe this week. Santi, one of the fixtures there. Yeah. Got Crystal Palace, Brentford, Fulham. Brighton. Yeah, we got Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday games. Yeah, so uh, Manny's got a Leicester, Leicester matchup on Thursday. So well, I'm sure hmm, Casemiro will probably get the start for there. Yeah, I would um, think so. He'll have a few weeks under his belt there uh, uh, in Manchester, so he'll have some training on training done and be able to, you know, get some more um, 
get some more chemistry built with the team. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure maybe, you know, Ronaldo will take him under his wing a little bit there and help him out. Maybe yeah. same with Bruno Fernandez and kind of, you know, help him adapt to the British game and see how much impact he's actually going to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, again, like I said, I, I can't reiterate enough how impactful it is to actually have a coach at United who's going to change the game to like his style of play, but actually make it work. Yeah. Like not just try and not just try and change the system with what you have. Like he's actually like making moves. Like he's mm-hmm. benching players to start all yeah. the time. He's bringing in new guys like that are going to play right away and make impact. We didn't see that with Ragnick. Like he just kind of played whoever he had. Yeah. We didn't see that with Solskjaer. He played everyone yeah. all the time, the same lineup and never made an impact. Now uh, 10 day comes in there. He's like, okay. This is my team. Yeah. This is, it's time to, you know, Mm-hmm. Fasten your seatbelts and let's fucking go. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Um, I'm still not pegging them for top four. Uh, I think they still got uh, some work to do, but could be wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think, obviously, City, Arsenal. Uh, I want to say Liverpool, but um, they're lost against Man U and they have dropped points uh, to Fulham. Uh, I am. I, I was starting to question them. Obviously, they just thumped Bournemouth nine nil uh, this past weekend. Yeah. Uh, could be you know just one of those games. Um, but I'll, I want to see in recent weeks what what happens with uh, Liverpool because uh, they've dropped some some big points this year uh, and they can't afford to really drop anymore if they want to keep in contention for the title. Well, even like with Arsenal last year, we saw it with them too. Like when they dropped points early. They did claw their way back to finish fifth, but like it was a tough grind. Yeah, and I, I mean Liverpool didn't start the season as poorly as Arsenal did last year, but still, when you do drop points this early in the season, mm-hmm. it's it's a grind, man. Yeah, it, it's you know it's you play thirty eight matches in a whole year. It's a lot of football. It's a lot of footy to play, but these early games is kind of where it counts because you can see the likes of Man City pulling away. You mm-hmm. can see Arsenal now, for instance, like pulling away, and it's like. Yeah, we tied our first two games. We lost two in a row in the first game of the season, but everyone ahead of us, they gained six points. Right. It's yeah. like we got to, like, in, I mean, it is far away, but, you know, Champions League games come into play. Now the group stage just took place. The group stage um, uh, fixtures were just drawn. So mm-hmm. you have teams playing in Champions League. Injuries going to come up. FA Cup matches, Carabao Cup matches. Know, injuries and like everything else that kind of unfolds as the season goes on, it just makes it that much harder at the end of the season to get results. So right now, when everyone's fresh, mm-hmm. when everyone is like you know at their healthiest and at maybe not their peak their peak form yet, but everyone still is like ready to go and geared up, and your adrenaline's as high as it's going to be at the beginning of the season. Now is when you have to perform and get points. Right now is when you have to build a lead and you know establish yourself as like a peak team. Because then you can afford to drop points later on the season and not be as, you know, impactful. Yeah, and that's that's thing. Like last year, for example, uh, Man City had six draws and three losses, won the title with ninety three points, one point ahead of Liverpool. Mm-hmm. This season, Liverpool already have two draws and one loss. So if they have a if they have two more runs in the entire season like they did now, you're already looking at losing the title. Yeah, because you have to assume that City's gonna put up ninety plus points, right? Right. So. Yeah. You've you've dropped you've dropped all these points. You're unless you win out, like it's it's still gonna be very tough. You yeah. you have to start well early in the season because uh, this is huge because it puts you under pressure. Like you you can't keep mm-hmm. dropping if you're dropping points first two matches of the season. Yeah, it's yeah. like start well, end well, and then in the middle just kind of fight it out. Yeah, right. 
Yeah. But, yeah, like you said, now, like, you don't have other competitions going on. Yeah. You can't draw Fulham and lose to Man U and yeah. your your first four matches. I mean, it was like one of the... I forget who was saying it, but like you said, only one point separate Man City and Liverpool last couple of years, and they've only lost three, two games maybe in that. They've drawn a couple, so, like... Can't do it again. Liverpool can't lose. They can't really lose another game, you know? Mm-hmm. So, we'll see. Um, well, we'll talk Liverpool now just because we're on Liverpool topic. They smashed Bournemouth. Yeah, smash them. <laughs> 9-0. We watched the highlight pack here uh, just before the uh, the podcast took place. And, I mean, a lot of quality goals, a lot of goals that were kind of given to them by Bournemouth, and then a lot of just kind of like, how'd that go in? <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> you know? like bouncing in the six. Yeah. <laughs> Only okay. person attacking it is Firmino. Yeah, I mean, it's this is obviously like Liverpool. I think the commentator, whoever it was on the match, said like they're coming out party for the season. But this is also like Bournemouth's most embarrassing moment of all time. Yeah, like they played like shit. Yeah, if you get a top side that's getting all the bounces and scoring all the time, and you have a a lower side that's playing really bad, and everything's going in, it's just a recipe for disaster. That's a, that's a nine nil recipe. Yeah, tied <laughs> for most uh, most goals and biggest score line in the EPL history. Mm-hmm. On I think it was Saturday. I actually just watched like a top five. I think it was of like the biggest score lines in EPL history or something. Yeah, I, I saw it too. Saw that video. Like, there's a lot of um, who's on there a bunch of times. Is it Portsmouth or something? Yeah. Well, I know they had like a big well because there was it's like a number of goals in a game. Yeah, but then like, like gold, biggest score line. I yeah, know it was they, goal totals. And Portsmouth versus Reading, I think it was Redding. was seven four. So I think Reading's in, 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 in there three times. <laughs> yeah, like three of the top five games, like Reading was like a part of somehow. Yeah, I don't know if they score a lot or if they get scored on a lot. I don't know, but I was like, holy shit! Yeah, a seven four game is it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's eleven goals. It's like a baseball score. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, again, like Trent Alexander Arnold's goal was beautiful. Yep. Uh, Harvey Elliott's goal, beautiful. Um, you know, Diaz getting there for two goals. Like it was, it was a really, if you're a Liverpool fan, like you were just, you would have been hammered if you were taking a, a shot per drink or uh, per goal on this, on this mm-hmm. match. Um, yeah, I, I know they did have a tough start, but coming out winning nine nil, that's going to just obviously boost their confidence going forward. Yeah. Um, who they got coming up actually next week or this week. Um, they got the uh, Newcastle on Wednesday. Tough so, match. It will be tough, yeah. Newcastle top uh, top seven right now, uh, undefeated. You know, one win, three three draws. Better Big draws though. I mean, better than they did last Drew, year. Drew City, better than which, they did last year. Um, yeah, Drew City in uh, that three three draw, which was crazy. Yeah, what a game. Yeah, um, but a lot to take away. I mean, Newcastle there kind of just showed their what they're what they're about um, with new ownership and. Uh, Eddie Howe just kind of doing his thing. Uh, but it's also interesting from City's perspective because that's a game that I would not have seen them claw back from mm-hmm. last season. Yeah. They just would never find a way. But now, uh, even with how good they were last year, this season they're looking like a team that can get these wins yeah. or draws in this case. Even there's a good segue into the Crystal Palace game too. Like that game for sure, for sure ends in a loss or a draw last year. For sure. 100%. Yeah. Because uh, you look at Howland just poaching in the box. Because now they have that dynamic where it's like, oh, we can put crosses into the box early. And <laughs> we can put crosses into the box early. And we're going to have 
this beast in there that just, you know, gets on the end of everything. And then you saw the last goal, which I think was amazing. Mm-hmm. How he just holds out the defender. So that dynamic, you know, last year they would have played Tiki Taka around the box for like 30 minutes and probably not gotten a breakthrough because, you know, a lot of teams are really organized now. You look at these mid-table teams, they would have probably been able to hold on. But now they just have this extra piece in their puzzle that can actually get them these wins, which I think is going to be huge and why they're probably going to win the title again. Um, so, yeah, really good game, though, again. Like, what an added dynamic to your team. Like, yeah. I know we, we touched on it, and I feel like we're geniuses because they say all, I, we've been saying all the time that they need a number nine, and mm-hmm. they go out and get them. Look at the results that they're putting forward. So you're welcome, Man City, for the advice. Pat must listen to the podcast. Yeah, um, he's into it. But like, yeah, like like what Joe said. It's when you just have that big body there who can actually produce and score. It just it it, it just cleans up so much shit. Yeah. Like again, like if you like in this case of the Man City or the uh, Pal- the Palace game and the Newcastle game, like to be able to have a person like Haaland who can just be there in the six in the six as a poacher. They didn't have that. Yeah, like Joe said, it would be just ticky tacky all day. Yeah, and like that can only last for so long, and then until then you get desperate, and then you get scored on by the other team. Yeah, it's like usually how it pans out. Like because Chelsea's tried to do it before United, Arsenal, I've seen it done a million times. The bigger clubs just can't get scrappy goals, and I'm not saying that Haaland gets scrappy goals because clearly he doesn't. But you just need a guy to throw his head in, in the box. Yeah, and just win one for the team, and just yeah. like get dirty and just be aggressive and be strong. And they didn't have that last year. Gabriel Jesus, no slight to him, but like he's not going to do what Haaland can do. Yeah. Like a smaller player like that, Foden, he's not going to do that. Yeah. Because so I even saw said it on the last goal. Um, that would have been Sterling, who would have yeah. probably got out-muscled by Anderson. Exactly. And like yeah. fell, and then it would have been like, oh, the foul. It's like all this stuff. Um, but Haaland just... I don't even want to say he held him off he because just like, he just—I don't even know. He's just—he just—he just, he just ran, man. and Anderson just kind of came into him and just didn't get him Couldn't off the ball. It, yeah, like, what a way to win it too. Was that yeah. was that the winner? Was that, that the fourth one? That was fourth four two. The clincher to yeah. get his hat trick. Okay, the clincher. Yeah. Um, yeah, four four two victory for for uh, City. Were they down two nil? Yeah, down two nil to to Palace. So I mean, I I love Palace. I love how they play. Yeah, I really do. Um, they always show up against City. They do. That's Joe's like favorite quote too. Like they just they do show up against City all the time. Uh, the commentator was even saying before where he was talking to City fans and they were all really nervous for the game, saying it's something about Palace coming to the Etihad too. Yeah, that just makes them all nervous because they feel like it's always up for grabs. Yeah, I mean like even like with Palace as a runner form too, they've had a tough start of the season. Arsenal, um, Arsenal two no loss in the first game of the season, and they draw against Liverpool. Like granted, Liverpool had a red card in that match, but draw against Liverpool, win against Villa. They go up two 0 against Man City, and then they obviously kind of collapse towards the end there. But your first three out of four matches are against Arsenal, Liverpool, and City, and you come away with a win, a draw, and a loss. Or sorry, two losses. But they can almost count the Man City game almost as like a win or, or like a draw for them. Like yeah, they, they did fight hard in that one. Yeah. Um. Again, you can't count out Man City and like how like they're gonna perform, but. They come away with a win, oh, the draw and two losses against like three of the top three teams basically in the mm-hmm. league. It's kind of an expected result, but they they fought hard each game. It's not like they just kind of rolled over and died. Yep. Um, yeah. The City game, it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, you you can't count them out. And there's so many times when City scores one, 
they are just like a rolling train. Yeah, they just that belief yeah. and confidence yeah. builds, right? This game is at home too. It was a game at City. Yeah, yeah. So when they get that home crowd behind home crowd behind them, it's like they put one in. You cannot turn your TV off. You cannot walk away for a second because they're going to get the second one in like three minutes. Yeah, which I think is what they did or something, didn't they? Like even against Newcastle, uh, just takes it. I thought they were going to go on and win that game after uh, Bernardo Silva's goal. Yeah, but uh, that's the thing now, especially with. Like you keep going back to Holland, like they get these goals and they're just so threading on the attack now that defenders and someone, one of the pundits alluded to it, how it's not even his movement now is creating a big problem because teams have to now like drop off and like mark him that is creating so much space for De Bruyne and Bernardo Silva to do more of what they want. Whereas before Bernardo or De Bruyne were playing like a false nine and it's pretty easy to defend if you're organized, but now it's like, you know, you have Howland all over the place and it's just creating way, way more space. So it's, it's creating more pockets for city to do what they do best. It's, it's a class to watch. Yeah, it really is. Mm-hmm. Like I'll, I'll say it. I mean, obviously I would love him at Chelsea, but I think he'd be a waste at Chelsea because we had a player ish like him with Lukaku and we still couldn't figure it out. Yeah. Like they are different in, in a way, but somewhat pretty similar, I think. Um, but I mean, I just don't want him to go to waste somewhere. So like, I'm yeah, happy mm-hmm. he did sign with like a, a team that's going to bring out the best in him and provide the best for him. And it is a treat to watch him week in, week out. Yeah. At, at Man City. It really is. Yeah. So next they got, uh, who they got next? They have Nottingham Forest. Uh, Nottingham Forest. Nottingham. Nottingham. Not Nottingham. No, nope. it's Nottingham. It is Nottingham. If well, it's just on the. Be we're gonna go back to uh, on the uh, Sherwood Forest with the on the or, fixtures. Uh, it's Robin Hood. Robin it's Nottingham. <laughs> uh, <yeah>. Sherwood Forest. <laughs> Standings Nottingham. Uh, but no, it's uh, yeah. They they got Nottingham uh, at home again. Was that Wednesday? Uh, that's uh, Wednesday two thirty two thirty kickoff. Uh, yeah, I mean again haven't pegged them for the title. I do want to see just a race with Arsenal again. Hope Arsenal can make top four uh, and that Champions League uh, slump. Uh, and this is looking like the year they're going to do it. Uh, you know, they got uh, Jesus and uh, uh, Zinchenko coming from City and just really, really helping out the team. And they're they're unbeaten and they pulled uh, they kind of pulled the City with a, a late win against Newcastle. Uh, just this past weekend, Fulham, uh, or against uh, Fulham. Sorry, it happens to both of us. Um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, Fulham and Newcastle are like the same team. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna I say that uh, with the Crystal Palace thing, like for whatever reason, City just have a thing with Crystal Palace, Southampton, and someone else. Probably someone else. But I'm going back to the conspiracy theory Twitter account. I'm convinced those are all the th- three of the same club. Oh, uh, Stoke, uh, <laughs> Stoke, Stoke, Southampton, and Sunderland. Yeah, Stoke, Southampton, and Sunderland are all the same team. Well, the jerseys are similar. Yeah, yeah. it's like Villa and West Ham. I t- I've had, I still have trouble with Villa and West Ham sometimes. Yeah. If I don't see like the ticker on the top, like of the team playing, I just like see the game. I'm like, I don't know who's playing right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, they similar to City, like the the two one win against Fulham with Arsenal. Um, Watch a good chunk of that game. Uh, again, that was that was a game that Arsenal were not winning. No, last year, no. right? They they were not getting these scrappy wins. Uh, they weren't putting in the performances. And this year, they they're just turning it on. And now they're the the only team with just four wins, 
four four games into the season, mm. sitting top of the table. Uh, can't wait for the Arsenal City match. Have Pep and uh, Arteta head to head with uh, two teams that are playing the best that they've played. Is that going to be a? So we've we said before how Man City and and Liverpool have like a mutual respect between the two managers with Klopp and Pep. Is that going to be the same way with Arteta and Pep? You think? Oh yeah. But yeah. Like, what if it gets like spicy in the season though? Like, I don't. One, I like, don't see it happening between them. I think they have a good relationship. Um, like their boys are come like clearly. Mm-hmm. You know, Arteta was under Pep's wing for all that time at Man City. Yeah. Uh, when Pep first got there, but uh, match is actually October twentieth. Uh, Arsenal Man City at the Etihad. I think it's oh, Emirates. Sorry, it's going to be way. It's just going to be very, very tactical. I think similar to how uh, Liverpool and City when they go at it, it's very tactical. I mm-hmm. think this is going to be something similar. Whereas you have a game like Man U Liverpool, where it's just like a scrap fest of, yeah. of just nonsense. I think City and Arsenal know they have to be very organized and tactical, where they're not going to give away silly fouls or anything like that. Um, just because I think. They each know what each other is about, and uh, you know if you lose your head at all, you're just gonna get picked apart. And if you start running around like a maniac, you're gonna get picked apart. So I think it'll be one of those games, but I'm super interested to see because Arsenal, the way they play now, obviously reminds me of City. So mm-hmm. it'll be a little bit interesting to see. It's it's kind of nostalgic in a way, where you see like Zinchenko coming into the middle to collect the ball when he's playing for Arsenal like he does at City. Mm-hmm. And you saw the last game, Tyranny was doing the exact same thing. So it's like... Yeah, where is this coming from? Where, like, <laughs> okay, so Arsenal's just doing this now. And so. and we've seen him before, actually, in the in the, in the documentary, in the All for Nothing documentary. Uh, Arteta, like, he has a good mentality. He knows what to do. He knows what he wants his players to do. Mm-hmm. But if you see in the documentary, they had so many injuries last year yeah. to, like, key players. Like going down, you know, left and right. Like, like Saka was out for a little bit. Tierney was out for a long period of time. So, like, they're, you know, the defenders are like a revolving door there. Um, you know, the Abomiang, like, saga that took place with him going to Barcelona and mm-hmm. Lacazette not getting good performances out of him. Like, it was a really tough season for them. And I, again, like, we, we see the score lines of them having that poor start to the season. And we're saying, what's going on at Arsenal? What's going on at Arsenal? But then you actually end up seeing there's a lot more than just a poor result on the pitch. There's right. things going on behind the scenes you don't know about unless you do the readings, unless you read articles, unless you follow the correct pundits and everything and get all the information. So it's good that the documentary comes out because then you can actually see, like, wow, like there was an actual implosion happening at Arsenal. Yeah. It wasn't just like, oh, they're playing like shit. They're like, there was stuff happening to the club, which happens to every club. Mm-hmm. Uh, not It's not just them, not just picking on them. We're not just saying, you know, they're a one-off, but it happens everywhere uh, throughout the world, basically in, in the world of football. It happens to every team, but we got to see it firsthand. You know, we got to see behind the scenes. We got to see the training room and like what goes into recovery for players and how long they take and you know the precautions, like not to bring a guy back too soon and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, um, I love to see it. I mean, I think we all do. I think it's um, been good for the world of sport. Kind of like what beyond the um, what's it called? Kind of like what uh, Drive to Survive does for Netflix. Oh yeah, for F one, um, you get to see like everything behind the scenes there. So. The All for Nothing series on Amazon Prime, another good one. I don't know who they're doing this year. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if it comes out yet. Like I don't know if they say who who it is yet. I don't know. I know Joe tried getting into the All Blacks because they did that. Uh, oh, did uh, they? Well, one I think year. they do. Like they did Michigan football once. Um, Michigan Wolverines football. 
Yeah, so they'll do, I think, different sports um, in the same year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so I, yeah, I don't know who the next one is. We'll have to see it. Yeah, I tried getting through the All Blacks one. It was just tough. Um, yeah, it was tough because, you know, with soccer, it's so interesting with all the transfers and stuff going on. Um, with Newcastle? Newcastle be the next. It's gonna one. be Newcastle uh, this year. Oh, that would make sense. I mean, new ownership. You have tons happening at the club. New exposure. Yeah, and they. Oh, we're going to the tune, where the Geordies live. Ooh, twenty. Which season is it? It'd be twenty twenty three. It'd be like now. Club like... for the twenty twenty three twenty twenty four. So would that be next season? Because this is twenty twenty two. Yeah. So next season is twenty twenty three twenty twenty four. Oh, boo! Well, I mean. What? Well, I guess they're not going to have one for this year then. It sounds like. Like who, like I was trying to find out who they're going to have now. Yeah. Oh, like what did the Arsenal one? Arsenal, well, was, la- Arsenal was 21, 22. Well, yeah, it was last year, so they released it this year. So this year they're doing Newcastle. Okay. No. Uh, no. Cause yeah. la- so Arsenal would have been 2021, 2022 season. Yeah, and they're releasing yeah. it this season. So I'm looking for 2022, 2023. Yes. Which they're filming now, and they're going to release it. In- but I'm trying to see who they're filming. <laughs> Newcastle. This is a film in 2023-2024. <laughs> if anyone can figure out when the next All or Nothing is, what... Joe just said it's next season. And what year it is, and who they're filming it, that would be Yeah, great. send a message into the pod of who they're filming. What is happening? And, um, who will be the next All or Nothing Premier League club be? Unless they just take a little... A little while to documentary to film this one. Arsenal. I mean, I really like it because it gives you uh, an insight on the players, and you just—I mean, because we we have a tendency to uh, treat athletes and judge them based on their performances, which I think is only natural. But to get an inside look on their lives is always really interesting. Like seeing Jacka go home to to his kids and his wife. Yeah. It's like you know, I always saw him as a hothead, and you obviously the other side of him which mm-hmm. is always really cool mm-hmm. yeah um so the first match we'll see arsenal man city that says october 20th the return leg april 26th so crucial part in the season mm-hmm. uh one of the last five matches um that could have pretty big implications as as yeah. the season plays out we'll never know um i was gonna go another point but i forget about arsenal now i feel i was gonna say oh i was gonna say yeah um they're finding ways to win. Yeah. Like, uh, they're going to have, they've already had a couple of games this season where Gabriel Jesus has taken over. Yeah. And Odegaard has kind of taken over. Saga, like, he's been, pretty, been playing pretty well. But even in a game like this against Fulham, where, you know, they get the first goal, they take the lead. Gabriel has, like, a disaster play against Mitrovic. And then he redeems himself in the last minute, the almost last kick of the game, towards the end of the, of the match there, with the goal for the win. They're having defenders like score goals for them in crucial parts of the, of the game too. Yeah. So like, kind of at all facets of the of the field, you know, strikers are performing, midfielder guys performing, defenders are performing to give them results and give them wins. Like when you're clicking like that as a team, like that's huge. Yeah. Like we've seen City do it tons of times. Yeah. You know, like the strikers and well, strikers air quotations, mm-hmm. strikers, wingers, midfielders, defenders at all you know at all times like going full steam ahead and performing. That's when you're rolling like that, I mean, it's it's, it's a great feeling to have, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's going to be key that they just keep this run going. You don't want to be one of those teams that just has a really solid start and drop off. I mean, you've seen it tons of times. 
Uh, I remember when we had Hall City back in the day where they were just on a roll and then just free fell on the table. I don't see Arsenal going to the point where they're just really losing a lot of games and just free falling. You never know what could happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, They just seem really solidified. Um, And yeah, again, just want to see them hit hit top four so everyone can realize uh, just how good Arteta is. Because I felt bad for him last season. I mean, he was getting a lot of stick yeah, last season. Yeah, he was getting shelled, eh? And so, like, they just wanted about. Um, then he was getting results, and then they get another string of bad results, and then they didn't make Champions League. Uh, so I just like to see hard work kind of get paid off. Yeah. I think the one thing they have to remember is you see Arsenal play, and they have a clear system. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times with some teams, like, Chelsea don't really have a system, to be totally honest. No, so they don't. It's a little... Uh, it's a little tough. That's why I think Arsenal, City, Tottenham, and Liverpool are the favorites for top four because it's really if your if your team gets in a rhythm with your system and you have the players to support it, it's very hard to go on a bad run of games because you're giving yourself less chance to be unlucky. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we see it time and time again with City. They hardly ever go on runs where they're losing a lot. Same with Liverpool. Um, I have the same feeling with Tottenham. Even though Conte doesn't have the best system, it's a little bit boring to watch, but he gets results. Um, so I think that that's where Chelsea and Man U are really going to struggle this year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Joe's just uh, got some eye, eye struggles right there. What a battle that was. <laughs> yeah. Every, Joe, ladies and gentlemen, Joe just had... <laughs> And I rub for the ages. <laughs> while while explaining that, yeah. I can't really see any. Uh, but no, I totally agree. I mean, uh, that uh, when you go when <laughs> Joe's uh, Joe's going blind. But no, I mean you you do need you do need that system um, to be able to go on that run uh, and just allow yourself to perform well. Uh, is absolutely key. And I, I think, like you said, those are the four top teams that I think have it in place where they're going to be able to get results on a regular basis and why they're probably going to finish top four. Because mm-hmm. uh, Man U and Chelsea, I think, are still in the process of figuring out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this this season, I think, is measuring up to be super exciting. Uh, I want to see something where it's not just a two-legged race because mm-hmm. we've had that for... What, yeah. the last three, three seasons, four seasons. at least. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we thought last year was going to be different with Chelsea, and then they kind of dropped off with a bad run of games. Yeah. Uh, so, really hoping for someone else to just get in title contention against Liverpool and City because uh, it's all it's going to be for the last little while. Yeah. Yeah. My, my dad is the most cut and dry, like black and white soccer guy out there that there is. And he just keeps saying that Arsenal hasn't played anybody yet. Like they gotten four wins, but they haven't mm-hmm. really played anyone. Yeah, and so they have to kind of wait for like a test. Um, they got uh, Aston Villa this week on Wednesday, so let's see if they can get past that one. But then the week after, it's Man U. So yeah, mm-hmm. that was like, their first big test of the season, um, sixth match of the year for them. If they go into that one five nil, oh sorry, five wins on the hop, then I think they're gonna have tons of confidence. Clearly, but. I'll give my dad that one point there. They haven't really played anybody yet. Yeah. Like Leicester, we've known it's kind of like a bigger name, but they're last place right now in the season. Yeah. In, in the table. Um, you know, 
Yeah, but I mean, well, I they're, mean, they're, you can only win the games that are in front of you, right? And no, I know. I'm not trying to take anything away from them. It's just like they haven't, like everyone's had a tester game so far. It seems like they haven't really had one yet. Yeah, I mean, you could. For me, it's more like I said. It's it's the manner at which they're winning games. Um, That's a good point. It's the fact that they're so organized that they they're so dominant in the games. And it's like City, like you see the system that they're playing. So it's just a matter, can they sustain that against the bigger teams? But I think like Phil said when he was here. Um, shout out Phil. Yeah, shout out to Phil. The The Derby games aren't really going to be the ones that make or break, whether you make top four or in City and Liverpool's case, the title. It's more like, are you going to win against the Fulhams and the Newcastles and the Crystal Palaces, which Arsenal are clearly showing that they can. So and Liverpool is showing that they can't. Yeah, first <laughs> well, they're not and like Liverpool. same with Man U right yeah. now, and like Chelsea, obviously struggling a bit too. Um, you know, if they they can say like, "Hey, we might go to Man U and lose or draw," but they're gonna go and it's looking like they can really handle these. Uh, you know, like the Brentfords and the Fulhams, so. Yeah, I mean, we'll see how they do against a, a bigger club. But like I said, I do like their system. I am still going to confidently say they're going to finish top four. Um, I think with just the fact with Arteta and how he manages the team, I don't think he's going to let them slip for a longer period of time because I think especially now he has such confidence, like the dressing room has such confidence in him. So that's yeah. my two cents. No, that's a really good point, Joe. That's a really good point. I take back, I take back everything I said. <laughs> um, so you mentioned Chelsea a couple times we gotta win the boys gotta win uh, 2-1 victors against Leicester shorthanded uh, Gallagher picking up a red card in the first half in the first 27 minutes I believe yeah, he had picked up two yellows so this was kind of a grinded out game for Chelsea very much so yeah uh, I mean before the red card even took place Chelsea could have had a 3-0 lead um, with all the opportunities that they had. And I think Leicester could have easily came back and tied that 3-3 if they would have scored their chances. But it was a Raheem Sterling goal in the 49th minute, I believe, his first for Chelsea. Uh, took a wicked deflection and kind of helped it on its way through. Oh, yeah. But um, it's good to get his campaign started. And then he doubled it up um, a few minutes later. Uh, put out the Chelsea up 2-0. And then was it Harvey Barnes, I believe? Yeah. Scored the... Javi Bonds. Javi Bonds, yeah. Javi Bonds. <laughs> Scored the uh, the consolation goal for Leicester. But, I mean, this game with, with Chelsea going down to 10 men like they did, um, I don't know. It was – I don't want to – I don't want to give us credit. I don't want to give – I don't want to give Tuchel credit for like, the way the game planned out because, like, Chelsea got shit on the last, like, half hour. Like, if you watch the game or even the highlight package, the last five minutes of the 10-minute pack is just Chelsea getting dominated. Yeah. Um, With Mendy coming up big and, like, crossbars being hit and – yeah. I mean, blowing opportunities. Right? Vardy, Vardy could have had four or five goals himself this match. Yeah. So they had Leicester had seventeen shots. Yeah. So there we go. Half those are probably in the last twenty minutes. Yeah. Um, when they put like a lot of pressure on there, I think they scored in what the seventieth minute. Or something? Uh, sixty-sixth. Okay. Yeah. So almost seventieth minute they scored. So the last twenty-five minutes, there was just an onslaught um, of, of Leicester pressure, but Chelsea was able to hold it off. Um, a win's a win. I'm not going to take anything away from the win. It's just. Going behind the eight ball like that, that early with a red card, it's always tough to come back from. Yeah. I think the biggest benefit to the game is that they got the first goal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that kind of, you know, give, give, give Chelsea a cushion, obviously, to like kind of, 
okay, relax a little bit now. They can come at us a little. If they score one, then we're just we're just tied. But then Sterling put in the second in the back of the net by a beautiful cross by Reese James. Um, just kind of really like solidified the game there. And then even with the Harvey Barnes, you know, clawback goal, they still had enough cushion to just, you know, play defensively, which Chelsea can do at times. Um, no Koulibaly this match. Koulibaly had a red card in the match prior in the match prior in the loss of Leeds. So he was out for this game. So it was kind of tough back there in the in the center back position. Uh, Chalaba made his first start of the season. Um, he barely played last year towards the end of the year. So he makes his first start. Like, I think it's the first game appearance in like, you know, 20 games or something stupid like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to come in there and be alongside Thiago Silva, not a bad center back partner to have. Um, but yeah, I know, like I said, a win's a win. Um, you got to beat these teams if they, if they lost to Leicester, I mean, the last place team in the league, Yeah. even going down, you know, 10 men, it's still not looking good on the resume. No, no, no. Um, so and, yeah. So what are they sitting at? I think they're sitting in sixth place. Yep. Uh, seven points. Seven points. Still, you know, still five back from Arsenal. Season's still young. Season's still young. But, I mean, the loss against Leeds was just like demoralizing. Mm-hmm. So you needed a bounce back here, big time, and they got it. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's tough for uh, Leicester right now. I mean, they had a they've had a change in goalie. Still, really shocked. Uh, Michael left. Uh, did not see that coming. Um, Went to France, right? Uh yeah, yeah to um uh Nice Nice, the nice. yes I'm not sure nice. well, like I for a Google million dollar like, transfer I meant to Google do you guys my computer is like all my stuff do you want to Google we're gonna find out why Schmeichel just left Leicester, yeah I mean I'm still he's super been captain for for so long he's been at the club for what like 13 years or something yeah and then he just leaves for a million dollars uh I think it was million euro transfer or something why did um. Yeah, not, not really sure what happened there. He wanted a new challenge. New challenge? Um, You're playing the Premier League, man. Like, yeah, 35, I mean, maybe felt like his time at Leicester was done. Uh, maybe just taking the next step in his career towards retirement. But given a goalie, 35 isn't the oldest. Uh, 11 years at Leicester. Um, but no, I mean, it's... I don't. I don't know what's going on at Leicester. I mean, they're sitting bottom. They drew their first match and three losses in a row. Yeah. Uh, with everything that's happened at Leicester since they got promoted, with winning the title, uh, you know, they've made Champions League, and they've had a good run. Um, I hope this isn't going to start turning into the downfall of Leicester because I do really like seeing them in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Uh, really fun team to watch. Um, really good atmosphere. Really competitive. Uh, but they got to figure it out because this is uh, this is real dangerous territory they're living in right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do like, you... I don't think any of us pegged Leicester for relegation this year. No, no, no. Like even like with the down the down season that they had last year, I don't think they're going to take a, that big of a step down again. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they finished tenth last year. Maybe they're between nine and twelve. I, I can't remember exactly yeah. nine nine to eleven. I think they were. Um, but yeah, I did not see them going bottom three. No, no, that would be very because they're still a solid side. They got Brent Rogers, good coach. They got a solid group of players. Not like they brought in, they didn't pull an Everton where they brought in like six new signings for a ton of money. So it's just really the change with Michael. Hopefully they, well, they should hang on to Tielemans because like transfer window mm-hmm. closes in two days. Um, but like with with them with Schmeichel leaving the team, it's not just 
like the stats of him leaving, it's his leadership role too. Yeah. Like that's that's your guy, right? That's your glue guy. He was there. Him and Vardy, I think, are the only two left from that historic run. Yeah. Um he's your he's your goalkeeper, he's your, your the backbone of your team. He's been there the longest. Um like that's that's a tough guy to let go. Yeah. So it must have been on his own account. Yeah. It's like there's no way Lester would let him go. Yeah, it had to be. I think he just like for whatever reason wanted to leave. Um, you know, who knows what goes behind the scenes. I mean, it, it wants a new challenge could really mean anything. I mean, yeah. Just a statement. That's that's the That's uh, a pretty blanket statement. That's for sure the the blanket statement for I feel like this club's going down. I want to leave or whatever it <laughs> saw is. That right? Right? Or, or saw the right not wall, getting right? along with Brendan Rodgers yeah. or like I want to pay raise. They're not really giving it or who knows what it might be. Uh, could be anything he just, or maybe just like really likes France who knows. But regardless, I'm pretty sure they could have got more money for him just to be totally honest. Well, it know. wasn't uh was it a free transfer or did he, did they, he is there a, a transfer fee behind it? He has, it, well, it's one year left on his contract. Oh, okay. He's so, on a three year deal. So he wants to play, he wants to keep playing. Maybe Lester just don't want to commit to that. I was just surprised it's Nice because he's he's good enough to play for a side that's playing in the Champions League. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, he's definitely like a top goalie for me, um, and with his leadership, um, like, you know, it's I don't know, it's really weird. Like going to who like who like go to like Marseille or well, that's uh, <laughs> speaking of Marseille, I'm pretty sure. And one of the pundits was like super pissed, but I think Man U made a bid because obviously Ten Hag wants to play out of the back, and De Gea is not the best with the ball at his feet. He's sometimes in the best with anything. Yeah, so they're they're looking for a new goalie actually, um, and I think they made a crazy bid for Marseille's goalie. Uh, and one of the pundits is like, I cannot believe these top guys. Like, oh, we're just like, here's an offer for like your top goalie with two days left in the transfer window. <laughs> no, it, it wasn't Marseille. It was uh, Frankfurt. Oh, okay. I guess, man, you made a bid for Frankfurt's uh, starting goalie, <laughs> and it's like two days left in the transfer window. They're like. The we fuck? Can't, we can't, like, what do you want us to do? Like, we can't obviously sell them in like two days to find a new goalie for our club. Schmeichel, the man, you actually were pretty sick. That follows dad's footsteps. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, for me would have been like, like it, it would have made a lot more sense for me. Uh, I, that kind of movie, even though I you think know, he is thirty-five, it would have been that's what I mean. tough because he would have been the number two. But I'm saying they let De Gea go for like a big paycheck and then bring in Schmeichel on like a smaller fee. But then like you're, it's tough because I feel like goalkeeper wise, like skill wise, De Gea may have like a little more athleticism now. He's a bit younger. Yeah. So like you're also like you're, you're getting older with Schmeichel, and you're maybe not getting the same quality. And I don't and think he's l- particularly like good with his feet. Yeah, I, mean, I so think he's okay, but he's not like a passer of the ball. Like yeah, Ederson or. Whoever they want, it'd be like a nice nostalgia moment, though, like kind of going back to like what his dad played and stuff. And yeah, I mean, we'll see. I need, I think they do. Like I said, they will need a number two. Like I don't know if De Gea is going to stay there much longer if he falls out with uh, Ten Hag. And you know, it is important for teams to have a really solid number two. So I don't know. Maybe that's where Smike will end up after his three year contract at Nice when he's thirty eight. That'd be nice. Yeah, he do that. Come back. Yeah. They they have another goalkeeper. Who is their backup? It's um, it was Dean Henderson. Yeah, I know he's at Nottingham Forest. Which oh, is he? Did he go there on the on a free or on um uh, on a loan? I th- Tom Heaton. That's who it is. I knew believe... another British guy. 
Yeah, Tom Heaton, 36. So they could have brought him in. <laughs> yeah. It's toughing a backup goalie. Yeah. <laughs> you never play. You oh, play like fuck, man. We got Kepa. You, you train every day for years, and you maybe get like a few games here and there, unless you have a manager and you're a bigger club that's playing in other competitions. You know, like City would always have, uh, um, well, what's his face? The American guy there. Yeah, he's gone. Now, um, yeah, yeah, he's, he's gone because he, 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 t- he made one he mistake. He blundered. One mistake. <laughs> oh, it was a few. Yeah, he wasn't the he, greatest. Like, he made like two mistakes in the last game, 3 1. Yeah. Tough. That's why it's so tough because you need a solid number two um, just for those scenarios that you got to play your number two. Yeah. Um, uh, who is their number two now? No, I'm seeing, who they're, I'm seeing the guy's name from before. Yeah, I don't know. I can't think of his name. I know. I'm blanking. Um, so Stefan. Hard. Zach Stefan. Zach Stefan. Yeah. 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 He had. He had yeah. A, blundered against a Liverpool. Bit of a tough run. Yeah, that was bad. Um. So yeah, they sent him. He's on loan now. Um. And uh, yeah. Brought in. Well, yeah. I mean, City do have Carson too. They got three goals. I've. I forget what. Uh, what game it was where he came on. Um. He made two like really big saves. He's an old wise vet yeah. too. Right? But yeah, he's the only person on the city team that's probably older than us. He's like same age as yeah, eighty five. Yeah, he's like Arteta's age. <laughs> I, I think Arteta's like what thirty nine or something. They said. Uh, I don't know how old he is. That's not much older but, than us, guys. Like that's kind of crazy. And he's been around for forever. I know. <laughs> on the field at eighteen or whatever it was. Well, that's the thing. You know, you're he's Arteta's forty. He is forty. Uh, he's forty. Oh, that's so. Then when they were filming last year, he was thirty nine. Yeah, they said he was thirty something. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you start when you're super young, uh, and then you're really in the side at nineteen. I mean, look at look at Holland. He's twenty two now. He makes a huge move to City. He's been a doorman for how long? Yeah. Uh, he's gonna be a face for twenty years. Oh yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. well into his thirties. Uh, we'll see if he stays in City for the remainder of his career, assuming City kind of stay where they're at. Pep uh, doesn't have any super soon thing that's looking like he's going to leave. Mm-hmm. So I think... Well, what with the whole Spain contract? Well, he I know he has a year left in his contract. Um, he said he's going to discuss after Christmas what he's going to do. I would like... <laughs> That's the one thing I would love to see Pep stay. Um, of course you would. You're I big would. Man City guy. I would be a little bit surprised if he leaves, especially with bringing Holland in. Um, yeah, you think you probably stick around for like a bit longer uh, now? Maybe right? like two, maybe three years. I'd be very surprised. Oh, you bring in Holland and you're just gonna stay around for one year? It's like not totally sure. I guess we'll see what happens. Um, I do know he said if he does, if he does leave City, I guess he like really loves City, like. He well, would. no shit, Joe. They're fucking good. Well, and it's the club he's been at the longest. Um, between, like, I know, with between Barca, Bayern Munich, I think uh, he's been at City the longest. And he said, if he does go back to coaching, he's he's gonna take time off if he leaves City, more than likely, and he's for sure not gonna go back to a Premier League club. So, we'll, well have to see. Do you know what the big telltale is gonna be if he stays at City or not this year? <laughs> What's that? Champions League. Yeah, Champions League. They have to win Champions League. Here we go. Another disappointment season on Pep's resume if he does not win 
a Champions League title for Man City, the one coveted thing he's missing at the club, mm-hmm. for the club. The uh, the table draw took place early on in the week, or last week, uh, towards the end of last week. The English sides, Liverpool, are in Group A with Ajax, Napoli, and Rangers. Tottenham, Group D, with Frankfurt, Sporting, and Marseille. Chelsea in Group E with Milan, Salzburg, and Dinamo Zagreb. And Group G, a little group of death, I think, with Sevilla tossed in there too. But Man City, Sevilla, Dortmund, and Copenhagen. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think it's going to be tough for all these teams to get out, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, even... It's not going to uh, be a cakewalk. Liverpool's no. group is a pretty tough too. Yeah, Liverpool. I, I think Group C, A, and then G. I think yeah. they're all... They're, Group age is pretty tough too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I if know. there's an easiest group, which is which isn't group. really saying much for Champions League because they're all like really hard. Maybe I would say H, PSG, Juve, Benfica, and Haifa. I don't know about that. Benfica is no slow. Benfica well, is pretty no, dirty. I mean, I mean, hard for Juve to get out. The group, yeah, <laughs> honestly. And this goes back. We're gonna get into the whole UEFA thing in a sec, but Group F is pretty. Walk in the park for Real Madrid. I well, would I say. I don't know if this has anything to do with it, but I think if you're a past champion, you kind of get put in an easier pot. Because like what they do is they take um, like all the winners of the leagues. I think can't like, whoever, yeah. like if you win your domestic league, you can't be in another group that won their domestic league or something yeah. like that. So I think with Madrid winning La Liga last year and then also winning Champions League, I think they get the easiest group out of that would make sense the next year or something. Yeah. Like that. Like Milan won in Serie A, so there was Chelsea because Chelsea obviously was shit. Uh, Bayern wins, Barcelona doesn't, so they can go together. Um, mm-hmm. Ajax, Liverpool, Napoli—that's a pretty dirty group too. Um, but yeah, Group C for sure for the non-English watchers: Bayern, Barcelona, Inter, and Pilsen. Pilsen's from where? Couldn't tell you. I've never even seen. Just take a guess. They got a big fish. Pilsen. Where's that? Big fish on the. Oh, that might be. That might be oh, Czech or something. Uh, yeah, that's it, Czech. I, it's probably Czech with the little thing on the end there. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I've never even heard about this team. Where's life. Sheriff? Uh, Czech. Yeah. Okay. Sheriff. Where's yeah. Sheriff. Where's yeah. that from? Sheriff. Moldova. No, they uh, were. Uh, Moldova was Moldova. No. Oh, where were they? Uh. Like FC or something. Did they tie Real Madrid? Was that why they? they no, I think they won. Um, Moldova. Yeah, I can't remember the scoreline of a game from two days ago, but I remember Sheriff from last year from Moldova. Oh, because <laughs> I think they they beat. Uh, they who tied did Liverpool player. Yeah, I know. In nineteen thirty four. I can't remember if they tied. Or I'm pretty sure they beat Real Madrid. I think they beat Inter or something, or they tied Madrid or some shit. Like Someone that. did a bicycle. Yes, yeah, so they or tied Shakhtar. They they got pumped against Real Madrid in the second leg. First leg, they yeah they beat Real Madrid two one. Okay, yeah. yeah. I think they were, they were leading they, the group at one point or something. I thought. Yeah, I think because they they started with a win against Shakhtar and then they beat Real Madrid, so they had two wins yeah. uh, off the start, uh, and then they lost to Inter, and uh, kind of back to down. back. <laughs> yeah. Did they so, beat Shakhtar at the end? They tied Shakhtar, oh, okay. and then they got beat by uh, Real. So, had a great start. I think if they could have got a result against Inter, um, that could have maybe changed uh, the outcome of the group. But 
got that loss and all fairy tales has come to an end. All right, and back like, to the modern times. We're not, this is not a sheriff podcast. <laughs> Could make it one. <laughs> Strictly only sheriff Sher- FC. Sheriff news. from Moldova podcast. They play in a league that doesn't even have emblems on their. I know. On some teams. You remember that? <laughs> yeah, that last that's, year. that's like amazing. We're checking out their table. Team is the only team with an emblem. Yeah, there's like just non-logo teams. Yeah, like. they got eight eight teams in the Moldovan national division. Eight uh, teams. They qualify for Champions League. To. Uh, Two got lo- two know, got man. badges. It's an eighteen league. We play in an eighteen league. I know. <laughs> yeah. What the hell? Could play in Moldova for a sheriff. Boys, we're in the we're in the wrong country for soccer, man. I swear. Like, well, I can't. I, I I take that back. Canada's on the up and up. Yeah. But I'm just saying. We grew up. <laughs> I'm just saying. We grew, we grew up in the wrong yeah. uh, country yeah. for soccer at the time. Kids now, like if you're, yeah, it's good. Good Probably time to be in the Canadian soccer yeah. program, but yeah, when we were young, Moldova. Anyway, Haifa, they're from Israel, I believe. They're an Israeli side. Who? Haifa in Group H, along with PSG, Juve, and Benfica. Oh, yeah. They're, uh, because my dad's like, who's Haifa? I'm like, you gotta look it up, dad. Yeah. Is that, are they considered Europe? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Israel, I mean, it's always kind of like know. Russia's in Asia. Like half there. of Russia's <laughs> European, the other half's Asian. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Um, but yeah, back Cobby, to the UEFA conspiracy theory. What are the chances Bayern, Barcelona, and Man City Dortmund get put in the same group? I know, it's funny. With Holland and Lewandowski. Um, like returning to their old clubs? Smell Smells fishy. <laughs> yeah. Not 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 to say anything about UEFA, but... Oh, we can say, we can say things about UEFA. It's just funny. When it's cut and dry, when it's, when it's in our face, when it happens year after year... It's a big coincidence. It's a very big coincidence. Um, I mean, I'm not, I'm not mad by it. No, it's gonna be. Under- it just adds. This is the thing too. There's so many sports out there that try, and just do more than they have to. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, like they, like there's just like they try and revamp things. They try and make things more entertaining, and then it ends up just hurting it. No one's asking for this new stuff. Like this is. Like, I'm not talking about thing now. Like, I'm getting <laughs> off topic now. I'm just no, saying, like, no one's asking for Bayern and Barcelona. No, to be but the I'm saying, group. well, I'm not saying that they need. They didn't need to do that. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. Maybe they didn't do it on purpose. But I'm just saying, like, if they weren't in the same group, no one's gonna say anything. Yeah. No one's gonna be like, oh, I wish they were playing as each other. I wish Lewandowski goes back to Bayern. Like, like no one says that. Yeah. Like, don't you don't have to like. And then uh, this is what I'm saying now, off topic with other sports. Like, you don't have to try and. You know, NFL now they make they make one extra week in the season. Like, and in NHL they do like these gimmicky like All Star Game stuff. It's like you don't like no one's asking to do this kind of stuff. Yeah. But they're like, oh, the fan base needs this. Oh, it's more entertaining. Oh, we whatever. And soccer, it's like just get two teams play ninety minutes and like let just let them go. Yeah. You know, like no one cares like who they match up against. No one cares if they get the matches that they want or don't want. Especially in Champions League, any you throw the, any of these teams in any group and it's gonna be entertaining. Yeah, they're gonna get ratings. They're gonna have players, you know, teams get washed, right? Um, that's just my two cents. It's my little rant. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. You can speculate that it's rigged. Obviously, there's no proof. Um, not saying that UEFA is rigging the draws, but the there's draws. uh, there's people that think they are. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and yeah, but now we have Lewandowski going to play uh, Bayern, and Holland's gonna be back at Dortmund. Which will obviously be nice to see, uh, but it is very coincidental. Yeah. Um, on the podcast, getting a little bit long right now. Maybe we'll do on the next pod. We'll do a whole 
Champions League more breakdown, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll give our predictions and what we think is going to happen there. But just to recap the, the groups with the English uh, English sides, Ajax, Liverpool, Napoli, Rangers, Chelsea, Milan, Salzburg, Dinamo, Zagreb, Man City, Sevilla, Dortmund, Copenhagen, and Tottenham, Frankfurt, Sporting, and Marseille. That's actually low-key a pretty good group for Tottenham. Mm-hmm. Get a chance. Yeah. I guess he's going to be emerging out of that one. Yeah. Uh, they're playing pretty well. I mean, they're top three right now in the EPL still. Yeah. So if there's a group they're going to get out of, it's going to be that one. Yeah, they're kind of rolling right now. Um, so like we touched on uh, midweek games. This is actually the first midweek test, I think, mm-hmm. um, of the season. So, again, you throw these midweek games into play. Um, this might be one of the games that get moved ahead schedule because of the World Cup happening yeah. midseason. So we get to see midweek matches now and then obviously weekend matches. But uh, tuning in this week, we mentioned it before, but there's a bunch of games on Tuesday and Wednesday. Chelsea plays Southampton on Tuesday. Um, Man City plays Nottingham Forest on Wednesday. Arsenal, Aston Villa on Wednesday. Man City and Leicester on Wednesday. Liverpool, Newcastle on Wednesday. And Tottenham, West Ham on Wednesday. So a lot of Wednesday games. Uh, that's the bulk of them. I'll be tuning in tomorrow for Chelsea, Southampton. But um, I mean, like, oh, well, sorry, what I was going to touch on too, actually, is like this is the first week out of the, out of the season so far where basically – nothing surprising happened in the, in the season or in the, in the week. Mm-hmm. Like all the teams that you thought were going to win, like we're going to win. Yeah. Like if you're a betting man and you kind of like took the favorites, like you're pretty successful this week. Yeah. And this is kind of like, okay, maybe the EPL is like settling down now. This is the first almost month into, into the play, like first couple of weeks or so. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, there's been a lot more time on the, on the pitch as a team, you know, you get your first loss the season, get your first draw the season, your first adversity, you gotta come back stronger from that. You build from that on the training ground, and then like now this week that just took place, week four, it's like okay, this is yeah. like where we are now, and this is like how we're gonna play for the rest of the season maybe. So now we'll start to see maybe week five, week six, more trends, more you know streaks happening for yeah. wins and losses. So this is kind of how we'll see the the season unfold until we have an international break. Um, there might yeah. be some friendlies coming up probably. Yeah, before the before the World Cup, so they might have like a little break here and there coming up soon. Yeah, I think game to watch for me is going to be Liverpool Newcastle. I think it's going to be a huge game for uh, for those two clubs. Yeah, uh, really defining for either of them if they come up for a win. Um, going to be real tough for Liverpool if they get a loss there, but huge for Newcastle and vice versa. So if you're going to tune into anything, I suggest Liverpool Newcastle on Wednesday, August thirty first at three. Joe, how about you? Mm. I mean, I'm going to watch Man City, Nottingham Forest. Of course you are. Um, yeah, I think that. I mean, I do think Liverpool, Newcastle is going to be the biggest game. Yeah. It is at Anfield, so I'd be very surprised, especially with where Liverpool are at now coming off the win against Bournemouth. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a game you have. There's really no reason why they shouldn't win this game. If they were at Newcastle, then it would be like really tough because the crowd there can be a little bit dodgy. Um, dodgy. Yeah, I think we'll see. I think Tottenham's going to have a little bit of a difficult time at West Ham. You know, West Ham's just coming off a win. They haven't gotten off the best start. But, uh, you know, going to that stadium, that can be tough. I know City. <laughs> the other thing Nottingham, is City. Nottingham Forest going to City. <laughs> or no, like whenever <laughs> City goes to West Ham, they always struggle as well for whatever reason. So we'll see how Tottenham does with their new system under Conte. But, um. Yeah, I'm probably going to watch the City game. 
maybe the Arsenal one is up for grabs. We'll have to see. Multiple screens. Multiple screens. I'm gonna screw. I'm gonna start with City Arsenal, and then by the time the first half is done, I can switch to Liverpool Newcastle, and then yeah. There you go. I guess on Apple TV you can have like actual like multi-screen on yeah. Fubo Fubo TV. Like we can't do it on like just your regular streaming platform. If you have Apple TV though, there's like a setting where you can do like four screens. Oh, like big ones. Okay. So I might have to get Apple TV. Yeah. Might <laughs> that being that. said. Yeah. Yeah. Because like the way I try and do it, it's a little unconventional. I mean, I can do it, but then I got like little m- mediocre, minuscule screens mm-hmm. on like the computer. Mm-hmm. Got the one game on here, and my eyes don't work like they used to. Kind of like my foot. <laughs> I have <sighs> a feeling. Last thing I want to say, I have, I have a feeling Man is going to drop points against Leicester. I do. I think Leicester, Brendan Rodgers is going to kick, give Leicester a kick up the backside. Um, they need came it. off two tough losses against Chelsea and Arsenal. And um, yeah, they're going to be at home, and I really think the crowd's going to get behind them. That so, seems like a good fight, too, like those yeah. two sides. Like I think, I don't know if that's like an actual derby, but not derby, but like a rivalry match, but it's close, like like we're in, in relation to like geographics. Mm-hmm. Like Leicester and United are close, so that'd be yeah. some good traveling fans there from Manchester going to that match as well. But yeah, you're right though that that crowd too like is like when when the King Power gets mm-hmm. rocking, don't come a knocking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, we're good boys. Uh, we're good. All right, I want to thank everyone for listening to this episode. You can get it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. The audio version will be up on YouTube. So when you get to there, like it, subscribe, hit the bell for notifications. Right, Joe? Hit the bell for notifications. And yeah, subscribe. (laughs) Subscribe. Um, So yeah, I want to thank everyone for listening. And as always, we will tune in next week after all the week's action. See you, everyone. See you, everyone. Ciao.